You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. Gifts. Okay, um, we've been talking about you know unwrapping the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So just think about gifts. I really like to give gifts, especially when I'm confident in the like this is gonna in the reception of the gift. And I haven't always had a good streak, but the last like year and a half. I am so winning when it comes to giving gifts to Reese. Um, now, and everybody in my house, they're a hard act, man. I mean, they're, you, if you, and I've told you guys before, when somebody says, oh, it's fine, that means abject failure. <laughs> oh, it's fine. <sighs> it's over. So, um, but when you give somebody a gift and it's something that they're like, that face. So this past Father's Day, just the way that Father's Day hit, and with this, the 21 people on a house trip with Reese's family, it, just, it was just a lot going on, and I just didn't feel like I was doing a good job in trying to find the Father's Day present. And there is a particular artist that Reese loves music, as you know. And there's a particular artist that um, he had mentioned, and even though I don't remember a lot of things, I remember conversations and the look on your face and the tone of your voice. So just detest me, okay? So anyway, I, as I was like just panicking, I thought, oh, wait, let's just see if this artist is going to be anywhere nearby. And so I was just, you know, I'm very honest with you guys about, you know, my journey with Jesus. And sometimes I just don't have one. And then, but then there's moments like this, like there is a God. I know it without a shadow of a doubt. So because of that, um, in September, Reese's Father's Day gift is um, getting to see Florence and the Machine at the America's Amphitheater. Yay, okay, if you don't know who that is, go listen. Anyway, when he, I knew that he would be so thrilled. And um, so he, we went to dinner and with kids, and he opened the kids, and I had printed out the, you got your ticket, you know. And when he opened it up, his face, oh, I was the winner. I, that's why it's more blessed to give than receive because it makes you feel good. But just kidding. So, but anyway, but gifts, you know, they're not really any good to us if we don't open them. So, you know, that little envelope and all my little excitement and all that, it would have been for, if he just got, mm, that's an envelope, I don't want to open that. Or I'm afraid to open that. So, uh, but the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they are gifts from God. And they're practical gifts. Um, Reese called them tools last week. Um, if you missed last week's, um, it's the intro, kind of the, you know, the whole, this is the, the overview of the gifts of the Spirit. I want to encourage you to go back and, and listen to that. I'll give you maybe, well, good background. But he, he called, them, called them tools. And I want to read to you Matthew 7. I'm sorry, yeah, Matthew 7, verse 11, and this is the message version. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This isn't a cat and mouse hide-and-seek game we're in. If your child asks for bread, do you trick him with sawdust? If he asks for a fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? That's nasty, man. As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of doing such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children, so don't you think the God who conceived you in love will be even better? The gifts of the Spirit of God are good. 
they are good. Um, but the thing about these gifts is we don't just get to hold them. Okay, well, they're not just for us. They are given to us to use. And Reese touched on this last week as well. They're not part of our identity. They're not marriage merit badges. They are conveyances of the love of God. So, real talk, life is hard, right? Our world is a wreck. Um, I don't care what, how you feel about any social, political topic. This, life is hard. Life is very hard. And I really think that life has always been hard. Um, ever since Cain killed Abel, life has been... To me, that's the worst thing than the apple deal, okay? Or the fruit thing. Um, but from the, from the very... <laughs> um, it's always been difficult, but... The thing is, now we know about it globally and in real time. I mean, think about it. Do you think when Genghis Khan and Attila the Hun were out, that was like a good time? You think people were having a great time? You think the bubonic plague was like, woo, okay, no. I mean, it's always been hard. And a lot of life is like a trail. And it's like a trail that's not really well lit or cleared out, overgrown, lots of twists and turns. But when we feel like we've got it all figured out, like we, oh yes, I see that. You know what that is, my friend? That is hubris. That is what that is. Um, and some of us are really good at looking down the proverbial road and we see the obstacles and we do everything in our power to get those obstacles out of the way. I speak from experience. <laughs> we do everything to, to remove the obstacle, to work around the obstacle. And still things happen. People go through hard things. And the gifts of the Spirit are there to help us. They're there to give us life, to affirm us, and to give us hope. Now hope, this isn't wishing. Hope is encouragement. This, is, this kind of hope is someone reaching out their hand to you and pulling you back onto the trail or helping you get to the next part of the trail. Specifically, the gift of prophecy is what I'm going to talk to you about today. Um, you may think prophecy is weird. You know what? It is. <laughs> it's the supernatural. If, it, if we understood it, if I was going to try to demystify it, that would just be, then it would be nothing. Okay? I'm not here to demystify it. Nobody on the teaching team is here to demystify it. What we are here to do is to normalize it. This should be, the gifts of the Spirit should be as normal as breathing. Normal as breathing. And breathing is expected and it's necessary for survival. So prophecy is a gift that gives hope. It gives encouragement. It may be for the immediate future or it may be for the distant future. Going back to that trail metaphor, um, trails are marked so that we don't get lost. Trail markings are called trail blazes. And I look at the gifts of the Spirit, these are trail blazes. There's a, a, a hiking food website. I know, who, who knew? I want to encourage you to look at if you're remotely interested in hiking because it has some fabulous information. And the site is called Green Belly. And on Green Belly, it says, trails don't just spontaneously appear. 
They are planned, built, and blazed so that people can travel safely from the trailhead to the summit and beyond. The purpose of the trail marker, or the blaze, is to help hikers follow a given path. It is used to indicate things such as the beginning or the end of a trail, a change of direction, or an intersection. And that's the gift of prophecy. All the gifts, actually. There are blaze. There are trail markers. So here's some nuts and bolts about prophecy. Prophecy is simply, what well, the definition is, just declaring the heartthrob of God for his church for the purpose of edification. It's not a skill. It's not an aptitude. It's not a talent. It's actually speaking forth the words given by the Holy Spirit in a particular situation. And it ceases when the words cease. The purpose purpose is to build up and encourage. The purpose is it's a sign for believers. Another purpose is it can speak the secrets to the heart of the unbeliever and reveal love. God knows you. The words should all be tested because we see in part and we hear in part. I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians 13, 9 through 12. This is from uh, NIV. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I uh, talked like a child. I thought like a child and I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, a woman, a person, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now we know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Bottom line is we don't always get this right. So we handle this with care. Language like, thus saith the Lord. That's not good. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not really good. Instead, phrases like, it occurs to me. Or, I think this is what the Lord may be saying to you. And after you give someone a word, ask them, does this make sense? And if they say yes, then cool. If they say no, then just chunk it and go on, okay? We don't get to hold the words we get right as like a badge or an award. We also don't get to hold the ones we get wrong as a cloak of shame. Prophetic words are invitations. They are not dictates. So how do we prophesy? It's really hearing God's voice. That might sound ominous. It's not. It is not. Um, we're always learning to hear, and God speak to us, speaks to us every moment of every day. He just doesn't stop. Um, but we're always, always learning to hear. Um, again, this is what we, you know, we teach. I teach your children all about this, and I have for about 16 years. Um, we, the way worship, the way we handle it down there, Worship is first, and we do two fast songs. One's usually about God, one is usually to God, and then we dial down, okay? We talk to the kids about how worship is a conversation, and we just got through saying how awesome God is and how thankful we are and yay, and now we're going to be quiet, and we're going to listen. We're going to see what God has to say. And we tell them some different things that they may experience. It may be they may see a picture. They may feel just peaceful, and then again, it may be nothing because we want to make sure that they know if they don't hear something during that three-minute slow song 
they haven't messed up anything because we tell them God speaks to them while they're running, playing soccer, drawing a picture all the time. Like I said, it's not limited to the three-minute slow song. God is not a middle school boy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to let that ruminate there a little bit. We don't, <laughs> we don't say that to them, though, okay? They, they, we, I don't say that part to them. We do say, you know, it's, it's no big deal if you don't hear anything. And um, then when that, when that song is over, we just ask, did anybody feel like they felt anything, experienced anything, heard anything. And if nobody raised their hand, then we go on to the next thing. It's not like, a, oh, sackcloth and ashes. It's just like, okay, now let's go play this game. Um, but if they do raise their hand, then we say, does anybody want to share what they think they heard? It's no big deal. You don't have to. It could just be private. It could just be for you. Well, almost every week, and so I'm going to cry. See, I was all prepared. I got my tea and tissues, all that stuff. Um, a couple weeks ago, one of the little girls, she got this very serious face. And she said, God told me, I feel like God told me that he, Jesus died on the cross. <sighs> You're going to cry too in a minute. <laughs> that Jesus died on the cross. Um, because he and died for our sins because he loves us and he loves us all the time even when we make bad decisions yeah puddle right now do that <laughs> and then uh another word that we've had recently young lady raise your hand god told me i'm going to be a princess word yes i don't know how it's gonna happen but you know yeah okay um, a few weeks ago at the Pride Festival, every year we, um, for the last five or six years, we are participants there. We have uh, a table, we give away, we're a vendor, we give away Mardi Gras beads, and we give away prayer. And um, it's just an amazing thing. We follow our five-step prayer model um, because we, we give people, hey, would you like Mardi Gras beads? Yes. Would you like prayer? And then, yes, no, whatever, and, and, and they go on their way. If they say yes, we do follow our five-step prayer model. Um, how can I pray for you? Come, Holy Spirit. We pray. We ask what God's doing, and then we just kind of make a plan. What do you, how do you want to do this from here? Um, it was funny. A lot of people, I prayed for so many people that were super young, like between 20 and 25, and uh, they were just like, yeah, you can pray for me. And then they're like, well, who do you want me to pray for? They're like, I don't know. I don't pray. Nobody's ever asked me to pray for it. But the first person that did that, she's like, can you just like, do you have this kind of like general blessing you can just roll out on me? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And so I use that the rest of the day. I can just roll out a general blessing on you. But there were prophetic moments in that. There was one young lady. I mean, there were lots of young ladies, but this particular instance, young lady came, would you like some autographies? Yes, I would. And um, I said, would you like some prayer? She burst out crying and fell into my arms. Crap, I hate when I cry. Uh, um, and I just like, oh, you know. So it's like, and I was like, Jesus, what is it? What is it? What is it? And so, and I just, and, she, she was, and she's wiping her face. She goes, I don't know what that was. I said, that was Jesus. I said, you are loved. You are valued. And Jesus gave me some things to speak to her. And I said, would you like prayer? Yes. <laughs> and I said, how can I pray for you? And she's just, her whole, I mean, battling depression and self-loathing. And, and I'm just looking, and like physically, I'm like, 
how could you hate yourself? But you know, you don't say this it. like, oh, that's a lie of the enemy right there. And so, you know, it was just, and she's like, you have no idea how I needed that. That's not me, people. That's the Holy Spirit. And that's what I tell her, I say, that is Jesus. That is Jesus. And when Satan comes to you with those lies, you just tell him to be quiet and, or use whatever vernacular you like. Um, and that Jesus does love you, and you just call on his name. Um, so again, these prophetic words bring hope. They bring life. And we always pray, come Holy Spirit. Remember, these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And when we say, come Holy Spirit, this is actually from a prayer that was written by Stephen Langton, the Archbishop of Canterbury, who was the Archbishop from 1207 to 1228. Old man, before Shakespeare. And the prayer is called Veni Sanctus Spiritus. And I want to read it to you. Wash what is dirty, refresh what is dry, heal what is wounded, bend what is stubborn, melt what is frozen, direct what is wondering. The, gift of, the gifts of the Holy Spirit do all those things. Prophecy can be a blaze or a trail marker. Um, I just gave you two examples, um, but both of these, they serve the purpose to help get someone from the trailhead to the summit, or maybe help them change direction, hopefully help them see that one part of the trail ended, that part of the trail of depression and self-loathing, that ended, and now there's a new, a new trail. Um, prophetic words have always been very significant to me, and one of the ones that I just, it still means so much to me, it was I received it in 1987, <laughs> last century. And it's um, Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3. But his delight in the law of the Lord, put, let's see, but his delight in the law of the Lord and his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Like I was called out in a service, stood up this thing. And the older I get, the more that wither thing means a lot more. Okay. God, come on. Okay. Good. Um, and the yielding fruit in season. We don't quit. The season doesn't end. Okay. So that was really super uh, meaningful to me. And do you see how like the past invited me into my future? That's some quantum physics right there, y'all. So, God, anyway, and there's a, a word that Reese and I were given when we were like really trying to have kids and uh, it was a, you, the person had to stand up, what's your name, Mary Margaret? Okay, so just like you have a double name, you're going to receive a double blessing. Well, of course, you know, we were just like desperate for kids. We thought, that means twins. That's not what it meant because <laughs> I don't have twins. Um, we don't have twins. I don't think you have twins somewhere. Okay. <laughs> Adultery you laugh at? <laughs> you walked right in. I opened the door. It's fine. Um, but I'm still looking for that double blessing. Okay? So again, sometimes it's like for the immediate. Sometimes it's, it's far out. Um, I am constantly asking God, what's next? What, um, how do I proceed in my relationships, in my work, in my growth as a human? I, see, I experience life as constant movement, kind of like a shark. And if it stops moving, it sinks to the bottom and dies. That's just, that's how I in interpret life. Um, 
And so when I, but when we are seeking God and these gifts, it's not just for us. It's not just, well, help me feel better. Um, no, not, not at all. It's just like even the joke about, you know, I was so happy. It made me feel so good when Reese was so happy that he opened that. That really, the purpose is he's going to have a great time in September screaming and dancing outside, but the, it's not just for, for us. We eagerly receive, uh, see, uh, we eagerly desire the gifts, not just for us, but for others. Um, it's an others thing and it's generosity. Matthew 10, eight says freely you've received and freely gives. I like how the message puts it. You have been treated generously. So live generously. Generously, we have received peace that passes understanding. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Our physical lives are tied to the kingdom of this world. Oh, and the kingdom of this world is made up of institutions that lie, that fail, people that compromise things, people that are untrue. That's the kingdom of this world. But we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We have love, we have kindness, we have help, we have wholeness. And for us to just hold on to it and not share it, that's stingy but I'm afraid it's stingy, stingy, generously. You cannot let fear be the boss of you. Generously, we have been treated generously. And in turn, we want to treat others generously. So let's not only be open to the the gifts. Let's really eagerly desire the gifts. And let's use them to help lift the head of someone who is hurt, lonely, lost, and broken. Remember, these gifts are supposed to be normal. They're our normal. And normal is breathing. Normal is expected. Breathing is expected Breathing is required for survival. These gifts are required for survival. We don't just get to hold them. We get to to spread them out. 